April 27, 2023, Jerry Springer, one of the most influential and controversial figures in the history of television, died of pancreatic cancer. He was 79 years old. Springer was diagnosed with the disease just a few months ago, but opted not to disclose it to the public. Instead, Springer, a man who lived his entire adult life in front of the cameras, retreated to the comfort and privacy of his Chicago home and spent his last days in the company of his family and his closest friends. I'm Jason Beckerman. I'm Derek Kaufman. And this is a special edition of Last Days, Jerry Springer. The public reaction to the unexpected death of a polarizing figure tells you a lot about that figure's place in popular culture. Jerry Springer's death has been met with deep, deep affection. We can, uh, you know, we can verify this on our website. These stories are doing very well. You can look in the comments. People loved Jerry Springer. His loss has been felt very deeply throughout the world. But in life, he was largely a figure who was reviled. I mean, by a large segment of the population, they saw him as a stand-in for the decline of Western civilization. You would see numerous think pieces about him being a harbinger of the decay of American values. But I think he actually was beloved because he was seen as presiding over the lunacy of America. On his television program, he stood at a remove from all of the crazy antics that took place on that stage, from throwing chairs to marrying animals and so forth. And he would often, when they would break out into violence, shake his head in dismay like a sort of father watching uh, his, his, you know, kids squabble or something. I think your point about being at a remove is the key one, right? He never got into the muck. He never threw the chairs himself or did anything that might be analogous to that. Instead, he stood back. He allowed it to happen. His security would intervene as necessary. But he would then sort of shake his head disapprovingly of what was happening. And I think in that way, he became just like the home viewer who was watching what was happening, looking at it not as a reflection of American culture, maybe a fear that it was, but more like What is wrong with these people? And we looked at Jerry, and he had sort of the same reaction on his face. I think that's exactly right. And, you know, his life wasn't always positioned to be the ringleader of this madness that went on stage between squabbling people and their family dynamics. He actually started out with a career in politics. And tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So first, Jerry was born in England, Not something not everybody knew. He was actually born in a bomb shelter. His parents were refugees. They had escaped the Nazis and moved to Great Britain. And Jewish refugees, and they uh, there was a bombing happening, as there were all the time in 1944, and his family was in a bomb shelter when his mother went into labor, and she had him there. Uh, he was interested in politics from a very young age, grew up in Queens, uh, went to law school, uh, uh, volunteered for the Robert F. Kennedy uh, presidential campaign. When that ended, went and became a lawyer in Cincinnati, and it was there that he really got his start in politics. He ran for the House of Representatives in 1970. He lost, but subsequently won a seat on the uh, Cincinnati City Council. Uh, Had a bit of a uh, problem, though, in that he uh, was arrested for soliciting a prostitute. He was forced to resign his seat. He won it back later on. Uh, And then in 1977, he ran for the governor. I'm sorry, in 1977, he became mayor of Cincinnati. In 1981, he ran for governor, and during that campaign, his opponents made a great deal of uh, noise about the fact he had been soliciting prostitutes and been elected for that, and he leaned in. He actually ran a TV commercial in which he talked about, not only did I solicit a prostitute, I actually wrote a check, a personal check, which became sort of a meme for Jerry Springer that he had, in fact, written a personal check 
for a prostitute while he you know back when he was on the city council. It's exactly right. And how he handled that particular episode of his political career became a bit of a trademark for how Jerry Springer would conduct his life in front of the camera. So in 1991, you have to set the sort of stage a bit. This is the high watermark of talk show television. 1991 launches not only the Jerry Springer show, it also launches Montel Williams. It launches <clears throat> Jenny Jones. Uh, it, it launched Maury Povich, who became sort of the guy who did the paternity test on television. So in this milieu, they were launching all these shows, and the big reason for it is someone had just retired, and that man was Phil Donahue. This is somebody that I grew up with watching, and he was sort of, I guess, more like an Oprah. He wasn't quite... Down in the muck like Springer and Montel Williams and and Maury Povich came to be. He was more sort of, but he was the first guy running up and down the stairs of the auditorium, sticking the microphone in the faces of, of people in the crowd who would get involved and criticize the people on stage. A little bit more highbrow, more political But and he less would straddle those lines a little he bit. Would. He would often bring on sort of uh, skinheads and KKK yes. members and he would question them. He was very politically focused. It was a bit highbrow. In, at times, but it would also delve into some of the ickier parts of American culture. And it was in this milieu that everyone was trying to copy yes. Bill Donahue. You only had so many daytime options. And he at was that insanely point. successful. Just insanely. so for those people who don't remember, insanely successful. His show was huge. He got older. It was time for him to step down. He did. He retired. And all these people trying to fill that void. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Jerry Springer, who had this background in politics, seems a little bit like a Phil Donahue. So they give him this show in 1991. He was a very popular Midwest anchor. He had a name in politics and so forth. So he was somebody, uh, not a huge star at that point. And they tried to position him as the new Phil Donahue. So he would do these sort of political issues of the day uh, where he would sort of ask the questions, run up and down the stairs, but it wasn't working. So from 1991 to 1994, the show had abysmal ratings. And in 1994, his executive producer, Richard Dominic and Jerry said, we need to fix this show. And the way we're going to fix it is by going outrageous. They yeah. said, the more outrageous, the better. I want the, the show titles to be absurd. You started getting shows that said, I have sex with my sister. I married a horse was a very famous episode. <laughs> you know, my uncle's in the KKK. Things of that nature that would really rankle American, make your blood boil. And people wanted to watch that. And over time, it got more and more violent, the chair throwing. And he just presided over all of it. And I don't know, when you, when you talk about the criticism leveled at the show and the people looked at it as the downfall of Western civilization, I think it wasn't so much what was being shown on air that was so upsetting to some people. It was the millions of millions of people who watched it every single day that was so upsetting to so many people. And it was undeniable. This was a juggernaut. To, to put it in context, at its peak in 1998, the show was averaging 12 million viewers an episode. 
daily. This was a daily show and even beat Oprah Winfrey at the time for a short period. So this was a cultural phenomenon. It, it was sort of like Cops. Remember how big Cops was as yeah. a reality show and it, it spawned a generation of other shows trying to copy it. Jerry Springer was really like that. But even at the time, it wasn't celebrated. What it was was reviled. You would hear thank pieces. You could pick up the New Yorker. You could pick up the Atlantic. And they would all talk about this is a bad thing for American society to yeah. be gawking over this. Um, in 2002, TV Guide declared the show to be, quote, the worst show of all time. And in typical Jerry Springer fashion, rather than run away from what would be an embarrassing designation for most shows on the air, Springer and Dominic leaned in. They put this designation at the top of their show for a number of years to say, you're about to watch the worst show of all time. Right. And they used it to promote the show. This is exactly like him promoting his run for the governorship by saying, not only did I have a prostitute, I paid her with a personal check. It's the exact same thing. Right? It is. You take sort of what would, for other people would be the lowest of the lows and you just pump it up and you lean into it and you make it your trademark. I mean, the influence of the show is undeniable. 5,000 episodes over 27 years. You're like in Price is Right territory. You, you know, really are. I looked at the that. number of shows, and you have to reckon with the influence of a show that just lasts that long. Whether yeah. you like it or not, right. you have to assess it at some point, and Jerry Springer deserves that. You know, Captain Kangaroo is a show that lasted that long because it appealed to kids. What was it about Jerry Springer well, that so resonated with you? Yeah, and it's still carried forward today, obviously. You have Cheaters and Bad Girls Club, Real Housewives, you know, the, the throwing the wine glasses, the wine into somebody's face, throwing the breaking the wine glasses. This is just Springer carried forward and possibly a more more packaged and modern package. Sure. But it's the same thing that it always was. It is people on the outside loving to look at people and think they're crazy, wacky, you know, the, the end of American civilization. It's, how many people have said about the Kardashians, they're the end of American civilization. They're yes. everything that's wrong with civilization. These things were being said 35 years before about Jerry Springer. We hear the lament constantly, the the right. endless, insatiable desire of people to gawk, uh, rubbernecking. Right. You look at crashes on the side of a of the freeway when you're driving home. The show Cops, which is huge in its own right, is a show all about watching people run away from police because the the American people want to watch people and feel sort of better than it, them. It really, look at those misfortunes. Right. It's, in a more troubling way, Derek, some people have uh, have sort of argued or asserted that Springer's tapping into the darker parts of the American soul sort of met its natural conclusions with the election of Donald Trump. You don't yeah, buy this? I, I, you know, I don't personally buy it, and Springer didn't buy it at yeah. all. In 2019, he was on a podcast, and he said he was annoyed by these comparisons to Donald Trump and Donald Trump getting elected. He said, what I did was a television show. He brought this nonsense to the White House. So he absolutely flatly rejected responsibility for it, and he certainly didn't endorse uh, sort of what had happened to the country in his mind. And I've always found it a bit of a cheap comparison, to be honest with you. It seems unfair. You know, Donald Trump politicized uh, certain things and tapped into parts of American culture uh, in order to grab political power. Jerry Springer wasn't doing that. Jerry Springer was looking for ratings. Yeah. He was looking to entertain people. He was more of a ringleader, sort of a circus that he liked everyone to enjoy on yeah. stage. But he wasn't necessarily making any sort of political statement, notwithstanding that he had a career yeah. in politics. And also, Donald Trump had done nothing different than every other politician has always done, sort of try to tap into where America was at a moment in time. I don't think he can be faulted for that. Just like, But I don't think Springer can be faulted for doing the same thing. He really did try to find out where the American people were. He tried to do a 
you know, much more serious show for three years. There were no ratings. Right. And he just sort of followed the people where they wanted to go. And that You're was right. in gawking at people who acted in a really silly way. And and as we talked about before, Jerry held himself at a remove from the lunacy that was unfolding on, on his program. It wasn't as if he was up there like the old Morton Downey shows where he would get in there and yell at the people on stage. He would just shake his head disapprovingly when chairs were thrown, let Steve Wilkel run out on stage and calm things down. And at the end of every show, if you remember, he would always have a sort of philosophical pearl of wisdom. He called them his final thoughts. And I really thought it only fitting to end this tribute to Jerry Springer with one of his final thoughts. Know this. There's never been a moment in the 25 years of doing this show that I ever thought I was better than the people who appear on our stage. I'm not better, only lucky. And on that note, take care of yourself and each other. <laughs>